Terpagiado has an enviable resume. Before becoming the director of communications at Temple Management, he was the former bureau chief and editor of 234next.com. He also served as a political analyst for CNN and Al Jazeera. He worked as the managing editor of Daily Times Nigeria and served as the head of speech writing to the former governor of Lagos State, Babatunde Raji Fashola, for three years. Tepa also has a passion for the Nigerian entertainment industry. This passion perfectly aligns with his current role as Temple's Director of Communications and he works hard to implement the Temple ethos on changing the narrative around talent, events management and building formidable corporate and individual brands in Nigeria. Welcome Tefa. Hello Shadi. Glad to have you here. Glad to be here. It is a lovely Sunday and I know that you could be resting. So <laughs> could be anywhere else in the world, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but you're here today. But I'm here today. Thank you so much for doing this. My pleasure. Your background is in communications, hmm? newspaper publishing, editing, investigative reporting, and new media dissemination. Yes, so you have quite a range. <laughs> <laughs> and you also have your BA is also in English and European literature. Yes. From the University of Essex mm-hmm. and an MSc management. Yes. So can you talk to us about I guess your journey from Essex back to Nigeria, just briefly? Yeah, um, Essex was probably about 20 years ago, thereabouts. Oh, wow. Gosh, makes me sound very old, which <laughs> I am. <laughs> and um, I actually started out doing something completely different. I started out doing computer science. Oh. Um, Why did switch? Yeah, so th- that requires going a bit further back. Oh, okay. Um, I was a quote-unquote science student, you know, which back in the day meant if you are like very good in certain subjects or grades, they just kind of chuck you in the science classes. Mm. And I didn't really like sciences. I preferred reading and writing and stuff like that. Um, but my life plan was, you know, laid out before me by my parents, you know, um, you know, become an engineer, blah, blah, blah. So I started out doing computer science. You know, I basically did so badly that after a term, they said that, look, you know, you can continue, but you're going to flunk out, you know, or you can drop out and do something else, mm. you know. So I opted to actually do something else, um, which was English and European literature. Um, which was fantastic. I actually enjoyed going to classes and lectures. Mm-hmm. And um, the flip side of that was that when I finished, um, I struggled to get jobs mm-hmm. <laughs> because, you know, there are only so many jobs, you know. And I was like, ah, okay, maybe my parents were actually onto something. I should have done like <laughs> engineering or yeah. law or whatever, you know. Um, so I, I, did, I did a master's in business management to kind of give me more of a grounding in finance and how businesses worked and stuff like that. And I did that, you know, um, a few jobs opened up. Um, but I still kept, you know, going back to writing and, you know, you know, um, reading, you know, publishing and, uh, an opportunity opened up in Nigeria about 2008, um, with, um, two, three, four next mm-hmm. newspapers. Um, I used to have my own blog, you know, and the editor, well, the publisher, um, Mr. Dele Olojide mm-hmm. saw it, liked it and, you know, invited me. Um, I was living in London then back to Nigeria for an interview and, um, I've kind of scrounged ever since. That's yeah. cool. You also served as a political analyst for CNN and Al Jazeera. Yeah, so about the time of um, Next came to an end, you know, Next, you know, um, was in existence for about three years. Mm-hmm. At the end of that, um, there was a huge um, petrol strike across Nigeria, fuel subsidy and, you know, mm-hmm. all that. And um, they were literally looking for people, um, you know, these are so like the big media companies to cover it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I did a lot of work for them, you know, for about two years. 
And you also worked as the managing editor of, of Daily Times. Yes. Can you talk about experience there? Yeah, that was that was pretty awesome. Daily Times was, um, you know, trying to get its groove back. And um, there were a whole bunch of um, vibrant, colorful people that, you know, they, they got together. You know, Guy Culture Time, Wanzi, um, Victor Hikameno, who's mm. um, been a lifelong friend and, you know, a client of that temple now as well. And, you know, just reject the whole place, you know, rebranded it, you know. Unfortunately, again, you know, we didn't get the, you know, um, sort of financial backing we needed to continue. So mm-hmm. that had to come to an end. Too. Yeah. And I guess it was reading through your resume, the one that made me the most jealous. Mm-hmm. Was it a speechwriter? Yeah. All oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> you served as the head of speechwriting for governor, for the former governor of Lagos, Babatunde Raji Fashola. Yes, for three indeed. Years. Yeah, yeah. I read that. I was like, dang. <laughs> Because when I was younger, when yeah. I was in college, that was one thing I considered. Because my my undergrad is in oh, psychology. Yeah. Oh wow. I really wanted to come to speech because mm-hmm. I believe that speech writers have the ability to create a narrative. Yes. And if yes. that narrative and the speech meets someone who's a very talented speaker, yes. it's magic. It's it's magic. You know what it's I mean. Magic. So I really really considered that. Both like. And he, and he is a very talented. Yeah. Speaker. So if you could speak yeah. about your experience yeah. um, working with the former um, government. literally one of the best jobs of my life. You know, I'm sorry to rub it in. <laughs> it happened um, after his um, re-election, so oh. second term. You know, um, I wasn't with them for the first term, and um, again, um, I had written an article in I think this day newspaper about um, staunchly defending one of his policies. You know, and he got to read. It and I was like, you know, um, he, he wanted to meet me. Um, so that's how everything happened really quickly after that. And next thing I knew, he was offering me a job to head a speech writing unit. You know, so um, I put together a few people to just kind of. Um, revamp, you know, the way, you know, um, it, it was done previously, um, where it was just kind of like one guy writing these sort of repetitive speeches. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had junior speechwriters, we had researchers, we had photographers, we had, you know, video graphics and stuff like that. And, you know, it was just really awesome. He's a really remarkable person. He is extremely, you know, intellectual, intelligent. And um, you're just a, a great guy to work with. Yeah. My next question is going to be, if someone wants to become a speechwriter, what would you advise that that person should do? Um, I, I think, think you can kind of touch on that doing research. And yeah. If you could just speak more about that. I think the, the, the advice I would give them is just to, um, interestingly, just based on your experience, understand how the human mind works. You know, if that means brushing up on your psychology or your narrative. The, the writing is actually the easy part. There are loads of good writers around. You know, people can write. You can learn how to write a speech. But, you know, once you're able to get, you know, um, how to convey a message, you know, what are the buzzwords? What are the nuances that make people um, stop doing things that you want them to stop or to start doing things that you're trying to implement? Mm-hmm. You know, then, you know, you'll understand um, the flow, you know, of, of this sort of messaging. Yeah. So understand the human psyche. What what makes people tick? Yeah, you used to write and produce national radio dramas. Speak about that. Later. The BBC, you know, probably in my opinion, you know, the best um, school for um, radio drama and script writing. They've been in this for over half a century. And um, I got in touch, um, you know, with a guy we used to work together. Um, you know, who uh, Chidi Chidi Oku and um, we put together a plan for uh, a radio drama that would um, focus on sort of like child neglect and you know, stuff like that. You know, so the first one um, was kind of a pilot, you know, that got you know huge attention, and then we actually got commissioned, you know, to continue. So it was a series called um, Bagang Bagang mm-hmm. to mimic the sound of a bell, mm-hmm. you know, onomatopoeia, and um, set in a fictional town, you know, classroom, you know, and, and went national. 
But in addition to that, we also did a couple of others. You know, um, the other one, the name escapes me now, which is very, very <laughs> bad, but I'll remember yeah. it. Um, we, we did a couple of years ago. Um, no, purple things, purple oh. things. Yeah. So that, that was pretty awesome as well. That, that, that is, um, focusing on, um, sort of, you know, you know, the girl child, you know, um, and, you know, just giving them self-awareness and you know, sort of focused on people in the North. Okay. You know? That's really cool. Now, just going from all the things you've done, from being a head of speech writing to 234 Next to Daily, um, to Daily Times, now you work as the director of communications for Temple. Before you decided to join Temple, what was said about the company that made you say this was the right fit for you? Um, well, I mean, we there was literally no Temple before I joined Temple. So it was um, a group of guys about almost two years ago now, um, looking at how the entertainment and sports industries were shifting and there was so much activity there was so much money in it and there was no structure there was no one sort of guiding how things should be done there was no set of rules to no set no set of procedures i just thought you know we can actually set up a company that represents people primarily but then you know to also be a face for companies or corporates or individuals who are trying to interface with this world because people you know till today until tomorrow are still looking for ways to come into the industry or oh, how do i get started how do i um become a rapper how do i become an anr person and you know we, we just felt we've been a unique opportunity to you know to bridge that gap and for some of the services that temple provides uh personal branding yes. marketing pr yes. event planning talent booking and yes. so on and so forth now, can you speak more about the point? Because I was, as I was preparing to interview you, I, re- I think I read an article that was, I guess, about Temple. And I think it was Idris, who's the CEO, mm-hmm. talking about um, a lot of African brands and personalities and artists have, some of them failed to maximize their potential because of the subpar representation that they have received. Can you talk a bit more about that and why that is important? Yeah, so again, just going back to the reasons why um, we wanted to start out, um, the... I'll, I'll just use an example. You know, say um, a company um, wants to endorse a particular product, and you know they they go out and get you know MC Star or whatever you know as the brand ambassador. Um, sign signs you know him up for twelve months. You know pays a huge amount of money, um, and then um, two weeks later, MC Star says, "Well, actually, I don't have any contact with you. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. You know all these." Um, pro- publicity images they're using, you don't have the right to use them, please pull them down. So these are very real-life um, examples of the kind of things that were happening where people were claiming to represent people. You know, um, if you wanted to book Shade, you had to go through Shade's grandmas, friends, mm-hmm. brother, you know. So there were no very clear channels, you know, you know who was representing, you know, these individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, and then worse than that, you know, where all, all they were really doing were just sort of taking bookings, you know, they're just being very passive, taking calls, you know, like, you know, booking agents, mm-hmm. you know, when there are opportunities to actually market these people, you know, to, to the world, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, African music was at, at a point where um, the appetite was so huge to the world that, you know, I felt that um, it was time to really um, take ownership of it and, you know, and, and tell a story mm-hmm. to, to the entire group. Yeah, because yeah, I asked that question because that may seem like very self-evident, but I think that sometimes people may miss the fact that it's one thing for you to have talent, it's a totally different thing for you to have adequate representation who's yes. going to further that talent and that brand. Absolutely. You know, so like I said, it may seem like it's a no-brainer, but mm-hmm. sometimes we don't, re- especially like you see how the narrative of Nigeria 
back in the days was more about 419. Mm-hmm. Somehow we were able to rebrand that narrative to be more about like, you know, music, people being entrepreneurial, yep. entrepreneurial, you know. Yeah. So yeah. I just wanted, wanted you to speak about that as well. And some of your clients include Nice, DJ, Jimmy Jat, Bisola, Ayola, Jeff Ako, Fumiyonda, T.Y. Mix, to name a few. Now, I was reading an article on Rock Nation Sports, and I think the co-founder of Rock, the sub-degree of Rock Nation, talked about they're being intentional in not signing everybody yes. and not partnering with everybody. Is that a strategy that Temple is also going towards? Mm-hmm. Because I think like he said that it's important that Rock Nation Sports has the right people mm-hmm. just to want to sign everybody. In addition to that, he talks about the fact that you also want to create the, not make it, not, not trying to say like you're trying to make it fake, but it has to be an exclusive group of people. Because yeah. if it's open to everybody, then it just becomes a watered-down brand. So if you speak about that. It's a great question. And um, it's one that we've had to um, kind of adapt um, along the way. You know, when, and when we started, the, the idea was to really try and own this space. You know, And um, you know, I admit that we went out quite aggressively in terms of, um, signing or at least trying to sign a whole bunch of people. Mm-hmm. But we sort of took a step back, you know, to say that, um, A, it's not possible. There are going to be people with very, very conflicting agendas um, as to what we are trying to do. Um, and you have to be realistic about that, you know. Why are people into art? Why are people in the creative space? It's for varying reasons. Some people are just out to make money, and that's fine, mm-hmm. you know. Um, some people are about the art and actually um, leaving some kind of legacy. And we just found ourselves leaning more towards that sort of ethos, you know, where um, we're not making the club music um, type of things, you know. Um, I mean, we'll do some of those things, mm-hmm. you know, of course, but we're, we're more interested in the people that, um, were here to be remembered in, you know, 10 years, you know, 20 mm-hmm. years, 50 Legacy. years down the line. Ex- exactly, you know, and, um, you know, that's why, you know, we started c- kind of being a little more selective mm-hmm. about the kind of people we worked with, you know, we, you know, went through, um, kind of a rethink about how, um, you know, this client's shaped into what we were trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's the, yeah, because he talks about that. He's like, some, um, I guess with Rock Nation Sports, they've missed certain people. Yes. But at the same time, he's like, again, it's about ensuring that you have the right people as Absolutely. clients and Absolutely. also as staff as well. Absolutely. You yeah. know, so it's yeah. not everybody that's yeah. going to um, be a it's part not, of it. Because you know, those are the folks that will help you um, shape the African yes. narrative mm-hmm. and tell the story that you're trying to tell. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I guess you kind of touched on that, but if I wanted to be a part of the Temple family, what? Not not as a staff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying if there's some burgeoning artist or yes. personality who wants to join, what exactly are you looking? What exactly is Temple looking for in that person? The, like the qualities you're yeah. looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think it's pretty. I mean, it's, it's a difficult question to answer, mm-hmm. you know, um, because everybody brings something different. Brings something a little different, you know. But primarily, um, I, we're looking for energy. We're looking for passion. We're looking for people who live and breathe this, you know. Not not just a case of eh, you can sing now, mm-hmm. and you know, mm-hmm. you know, you can act, you know. You know, some of this stuff does come to people naturally. Mm-hmm. Some people like will be just walking down the road, and you know, will just be dropping like different decibels of you know like damn like <laughs> how did you belt that out yeah you know but, but it's well, we're looking for something a bit more involved are you ready to dedicate yourself to this craft mm-hmm. you know whether it's 
dance or writing or singing or acting? Are, are you ready to give up the time, the sacrifices that need to be made, you know, to pursue this? Um, so that's, you know, roughly how we, we assess yeah. the, the kind of people that we work with. Okay. Temple has another arm of the company called Temple Music Production Limited. Yes. And so is this strictly a, just a production company? If you could speak about what that is, what people who are like... So Temple about. Music is a record label. It's a record label. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Okay. And um, we set it up um, mi- middle of last year, 2017. And the idea behind was, you know, we had a lot of music clients um, on the management side, which is Temple, ma- um, Temple Management. Mm-hmm. And we just found that we were kind of providing them with a lot of label services, things that ordinarily a label you know, ought to be doing. Video production, distribution, um, distribution editing, you know, styling. You know, like, ah, como? Um, why don't we just set up a record label mm-hmm. um, so that we can migrate some of those services, reduce our overheads on the management side, mm-hmm. and, you know, actually function, because that's what we're doing anyway, mm-hmm. you, know, and, you know, as a record label. And, you know, I, I, I've always had my own personal um, views about, you know, record labels in Nigeria and Africa anyway, which is that everyone doesn't have to start a record label, you know, which there seems to be a proliferation of them, you know, without the structure. Some of them don't have offices or websites, mm-hmm. you know. Um, um, so we're, we try to be very careful not to kind of follow that path mm-hmm. where it will just be, you know. So we've, we've taken very... Um, careful steps to ensure that, you know, uh, we're actually seen as a pan-African record label mm-hmm. um, because we exist outside of Nigeria. We have offices in Nairobi, in South Africa, mm-hmm. we're setting up in Abidjan mm-hmm. as well. Like, why can't we be the first, you know, African record label that exists just beyond uh, one country's borders? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's. I'm glad that you touched on that because you could say that the artists that you represent could outsource those, I guess, we, um, with services Service to it. another label mm-hmm. so it's like because you know like you said they are tons <laughs> like everyone's got a record I know <laughs> I, I'm going to open my own yeah. now <laughs> no, like you literally could you know we could, before the end of this podcast I know right you know so yeah. it's, it's people just realizing that like you said also having proper structure mm-hmm. and ensuring that you have the right people at the label it's not yes. just every Tom, Dick and Harry people who are knowledgeable about what they're trying Absolutely. to do so Absolutely. Okay. now speak, still speak sticking with music why did Temple decide to partner with Rock Nation for global distribution of all the releases that means again that may seem like a very obvious question but it could mm-hmm. have been it could, it could have been a different company so what was it about rock nation that was a perfect fit for temple yeah i mean rock nation had um loki been trying to um, work in africa for a really long time and they'd had a lot of um uh, less than successful um, partnerships and um, launches and arrangements with people mm-hmm. and um, then temple came along and then we had conversations and we just found that a lot of the things that we we're trying to achieve in africa worked um, so that was the first step. Um, the next step was to look at what exactly a partnership would look like. Um, so the distribution deal exists, but that is literally just the first step of um, so many other things that mm-hmm. um, we've already started talking about. Some already close to fruition. Others, you know, are going to be a little bit further down the line. But there'll be announcements made in due course, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to answer the question very simply, just, we just found a match in terms of... Um, the goals we had in Africa, mm-hmm. you know, which is a very aggressive expansion, you know, through through the continent, you know, um, countries actually talking to each other, working together, um, whether it's through live events or music distribution. And so that that's that's why we made that decision. One of the artists Temple manages is Jeff Akko. Yeah. 
and he released an album late, I think it was last year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why the choice of releasing an album as to singles, couple of more singles? Mm-hmm. Because especially because we are in the era of singles. Yes. And a lot of artists they use singles to ensure that they break into the they, market they as, blew as, ex- as they blow. <laughs> Everybody wants to blow. <laughs> Means I want to blow. <laughs> you know, so exactly that mm-hmm. they blow before yes. they now release um a I guess a complete body a of work. So you could speak about that. Right. Um, it's a million dollar question mm. and I can tell you <laughs> that we debated this topic, we thought about it. Um, you know, so Jeff Jeff had been um around for a couple of years, you know, he's a fantastic singer, you know, like one of the purest voices I I have ever heard personally. Mm-hmm. Um so he'd been a runner up and I think Glue Niger sings in about uh four years ago. Um, got another break on uh, MTN mm-hmm. Project Fame, won as the youngest ever winner, you know. So the fact that he was the youngest ever winner and had been hustling for years mm-hmm. before that shows you that, you yeah. know, he'd been, he'd been trying really mm-hmm. hard. Um, and so he, he had some material, you know, which um, I think he had tried to put out, you know, over the years. You know, they hadn't really caught fire for various reasons, you know, mostly administrative, you know, not through, um, you know, any lack of effort on mm-hmm. his part. Um, but you know, when we eventually, um, sort of met Jeff and wanted to work with him, he already had so many great songs. And, um, when we now put him in touch with other producers, he had even better songs, you know, that to the extent that we, had, we even looked at some of the old stuff, I was like, ah, man, Toby's stuff was, great was great before. then. It's yeah. actually, you know, not so great. Um, we, we, we wanted to do things a little differently. Um, yes, everyone, um, pushes out a few singles. Um, now they're, fantastic artists out now who still don't have albums mm-hmm. you know like two three years down the line um but we just wanted to do things a bit differently we're trying to focus a lot more on the digital and distribution model it has had mixed results you know to be very honest mm-hmm. with you um but it's just very difficult for us to measure um you know with these traditional methods of you know street sales and alaba and you know and it's impossible for us to plan that way so we we felt with an album you know it was just easier to um, track, you know, the stuff we're pushing out, mm-hmm. you know, and you figure that, okay, m- if it didn't do well, then we'll have to go back and maybe we try something that, differently. Yeah. But, you know, having said that, you know, we also felt that the album was, um, strong enough that, um, it needed, you know, the songs that, you know, are on there that made the final cut, um, deserve to be heard by people. Yeah. You know? And, you know, we, we've had very good feedback, you know, from a critical perspective. Yeah. Okay. Any unique challenges, which I know they are, they are abundant, that Temple has faced doing business in Nigeria, and how you have been able to navigate those challenges as best you can. I guess speak from being a director of communications person, mm-hmm. just the company overall. Right. Well, well I think um, in terms of my job, you know, mm-hmm. which is basically um, all the sort of media, marketing, publicity side, you know, it's very hard to convince people. Um, ironically, that this industry is where it's at, you know. Um, so when you're speaking to, unfortunately, our business still relies very heavily on corporate sponsorship. Um, you need the big, um, telcos, you know, the banks, you know, in the oil companies and they, um, have a lot of promotions and activations and products they're trying to sell. And they, they still sometimes fail to see um, the connection, you know, we couldn't achieve so much, you know, in terms of helping them guide their campaigns or to, um, look at their segmentation, the people they're trying to reach and specify, okay, this kind of person would work in these areas. 
So um, from that point of view, it's a huge challenge. We still have a, a ways to go. Um, you know, you're trying to educate you know people that um, it's such a fruitful industry. You know, potentially, in my opinion, our biggest export. You mm-hmm. know, um, even beyond oil and gas, and you know, um, you know, banking and or agriculture. You know, it's potentially our biggest export. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's the challenge. Um, from a company perspective, um, it, it'll be great to, I think, going forward, have more people working together in the industry. Um, we, we've we come in peace. <laughs> <laughs> we are your friends. Um, but I, I found that some people don't always, perhaps they're just not used to working with people, um, but they, they, they sometimes see us as a threat. Um, regardless of how profitable a venture might be for the both of us or, you know, how much sense it makes to collaborate on certain projects. So the challenge is really just trying to get out of that mindset and, you know, just look a bit global. Look at some of the really big, um, successful, thriving global companies. Very few of them have made it without either merging with other companies or taking them over. I mean, you're a lawyer. You 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 know this far more than I do. Um, but we have, we seem very resistant to that, you know. Here, so you know, the the, the people's instinct is first, you know, hey, what's in it for me? Okay, yeah, there's something going to be in it for you as well. But you know, how about we both do something that can make even more? So, um, especially in entertainment, you know, too many silos, too many um, people working, you know, heads down. <laughs> um, like just look up, look around, you know, let's do stuff, you know, let's, and I'm just talking about jumping on my song or, mm. you know, doing collabo, like actual, <laughs> yeah, you know, actual working together, yeah. you know. I think I was speaking to someone two days ago. I said that we need to, either even in business school yeah. or in law schools in Nigeria, wherever it is, maybe even from a young age, teach people the importance of knowing that it doesn't have to be a win-lose situation no, it really no, can't be absolutely, a win-win absolutely. it doesn't have to always be yeah. win, um, win-lose or lose-lose <laughs> try and, try and, seriously yeah. try and shoot yeah. for win-win so you know because so like you said it's like oh, what's in for me and mm-hmm. again speaking to your comment about seeing Temple as a threat mm-hmm. Well, in some ways, you people are because mm-hmm. you're trying to change the narrative. True. So true. it's like, rather than saying, who are these ones? Maybe, as they say, up your game. Yeah. You yeah. know, go and re-strategize. This, what are these people trying to, try, they're trying to take my clients or trying to do whatever. How are we going to ensure that mm-hmm. we block that mm-hmm. in a good way? Like, whereby, like, you know, we are also showing that we can actually do better than them, you know? Exactly. So I, I don't really get the whole, like, yeah, it's just, let me know, let me not go. <laughs> <laughs> let me not go. <laughs> no, it sounds like you're very passionate about it. I mean, no, because yeah. you've worked in the industry, yeah. you know, you're still, mm-hmm. you're still aware of these kind of things happening. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's changed an awful lot, you know, yeah. from the time you know you left you mm-hmm. know probably even worse now yeah because, because the stakes are so high higher, yeah. yeah and then just quickly before we go into the frqs can you speak as to what you do on a daily basis as a director of communications uh usually just faff around you know coming around <laughs> just chill you know. pop champagne <laughs> pop champagne you know. that's my drinks cabinet, i know baby, right so. looking so dope <laughs> um on, on a daily basis um I, one of the fun things about the job is um i literally have no typical day mm-hmm. primarily we work for um, our clients, you know, but you know, having said that, we try not to be reactionary mm-hmm. in terms of whatever they are doing. Um, so, typical day is you know about strategizing, mm-hmm. you know, looking at ways to um, project their image first and foremost in a positive light. How to sell 
themselves as individuals, you know, and whatever products they're pushing, um, whether that's a new single, whether that's a new movie, um, you know, and um, we, we, we start each year, you know, with having a general arc and timetable of all the things we want to achieve, you know, in terms of um, promoting um, and marketing, you know, each of the clients. Um, but then, you know, things come up that, you know, force us to re-strategize or to switch in. Mm-hmm. So just constantly trying to maintain that template and look for ways to um, ensure that, you know, people people are talking, you know, about the people that we represent. One final question is, does Temple, because I feel like you could have an, maybe a personality or an artist who's like young. Do you offer classes on branding and how to project yourself, especially once you're beginning? Because Sometimes a lot of people, you just see their... <laughs> I just like, why? <laughs> Sister, brother, why, why, why? You know, yeah, it's so yeah. important. So. Yeah, no, very important. Yeah. And interestingly enough, it's um, one of our objectives for this year to actually start um, some sort of like master classes, mm-hmm. you know, in uh, in branding, you know, in um, um, media communication, mm-hmm. you know, um, interview skills, mm-hmm. um, you know, very you know, different things, you know. So it's something that will... We hopefully be talking a bit more about this. Yeah. yeah. And please no 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 Twitter fights. No Twitter fights. <laughs> <laughs> it's like no, it's Stay only. Away. They say, yeah. you know, it's just yeah. yeah. Okay, we're going to the FRQs. Oh, you ready? Cool. Yes. Okay. Let's do this. Jerry Maguire mm-hmm. or training day? Jerry Maguire. I was about to say if you forehand. Just forehand. I'd be like, uh, why are you walking in double? <laughs> okay. Now, this is like not really an FRQ, but I just I was reading something and I saw this. So how many pounds do you think the human head weighs? Options are seven, eight, ten, or eleven. Um since I got the first question right. <laughs> um the little kid um, I believe keeps asking this question, mm. and I think it actually weighs ten pounds. Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> the human head, yeah. taught me something. <laughs> <laughs> the human head actually weighs about ten to eleven pounds, and interestingly, the brain weighs about three pounds. Wow. Yeah. Ah, ah, yeah. So the rest is just bone As dense. In, bone. You know. Awesome. So see, I'm dropping knowledge. I'm yes, you. yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Third question is: Agbalumo or orange? Orange. Orange. Ah, All day, like really? every day. You don't like Agbal no more. I do, but it's so it gets so sticky. Yeah, and, you that's know, true. Yeah, you know, I I do love like that. You know, yeah, but you know, um, Hans and Rene, you know, um, have an Agbal no flavored ice my cream. My mom said so. She tried it. She said it's amazing. Oh, oh my god! I you can't take ice cream. I'm lactose intolerant. Oh, I know. But is it? It might. It might be. Mm-mm, it's okay. Okay, okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> you down there. Unless okay, it's okay, soy okay. ice cream. Yeah, Let's just leave it I know. I gotta eat it. I'll be pregnant for life. Five <laughs> <days>. <laughs> it's not even a good look. <laughs> okay, fourth question is if your car broke down, I thought my mom was gonna ask you this question. She was just laughing. So if your car broke down and you were running late for a meeting and you had only two options, mm-hmm. Keke or Okada, which one are you going to use to get to the meeting? As a former BRF boy, <laughs> I hate Okadas. Yes. Try to get them off the roads mm. until this guy brought them back. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to have to go with Keke. Yeah, yeah. Keke is, is a good choice as well. Because yes. I always say, as much as the Okada may get you there faster, mm-hmm. you may get there without your hands and your legs and your head. You'll get there, but you exactly. can without those things. Exactly. <laughs> with Keke, you can guarantee that. Pretty much. You're yeah. going there in yeah. fact. Yeah. Yeah. You almost yeah. never see any serious Keke accidents. Exactly. Actually. Exactly. Yeah. So, right. good. Good choice. What's the best place to get shawarma in Lagos? 
if you eat shawarma? I was, I was just thinking about getting shawarmas after this, actually. Oh. The best place for mm-hmm. me is um, Marocane. Where is that? Which is, um, I don't remember the name of the road. It's off Ligali Ayomi Day. It's not too far from here. Okay. But they do this fantastic Lebanese-style shawarma. Mm. You know, um, if you want to do Nigerian-style, the best place is, oh, what's that place in Surulere? Oh, okay. I've tried have it. Tried it? Uh, yes, I tried it like yeah. twice. But mm. the first time I tried it, we don't look convinced because I'm a mega plaza type of person. Um, no, mega plaza is yeah. you know, good old reliable, yeah, you know, yeah. like they'll give you a good seven out of mm-hmm. ten shot yeah. each time, you know. Um, but no, but the the surreal one, the surreal, yeah, nice, so. it was okay. Mm. It was okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, final question is you can only pick two cornflakes. Nabisco cornflakes, mm-hmm. rice krispies, Witabix or custard. Nabisco cornflakes, mm-hmm. Witabix. Um, you say rice krispies? Yeah. So the options are Nabisco cornflakes, mm-hmm. rice krispies, Witabix or custard. You can only pick two. I can only pick two. Yeah. Oh, Witabix for sure. Mm-hmm. That's like one of my favorite cereals. Okay. Um, and I will go with um, custard. Custard. Yes. Really? Why? <laughs> yes. Why? 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 Why custard? Yeah, because it can go with so many other things like. Custard and sticky toffee pudding, you know, mm. custard and cake. You know, it's so British. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like Witabix. Is I mean, I used to eat that as a child. So it's very mm, healthy as it well. Is, it's it good is. fiber. Yeah. But custard is like with with Witabix. Even if it gets wet, right, mm-hmm. you can still add some water and it will <laughs> be like. But custard, it just becomes gooey. It becomes custard. Yes, <laughs> you know. So it's like, you know, yeah, but why yeah. would you? Why wait till it gets cold and just eat it? Why, <laughs> Yeah, no, I would pick Nabisco and Weetabix. Nabisco and Weetabix. Yeah, because have you ever had Nabisco like with, um, when I was younger? Mm-hmm. Very crunchy. It's very nice. You know, it's, very no, nice. it's, the, I, don't, I don't think any other cereal in the world is yeah. as crunchy as Nabisco. I know. Like, it's the it's crunchiest thing Exactly, ever. <laughs> you know. All right, so we'll come to the end of the interview. So I'd like you to provide parting words or advice for anyone who wants to follow your path or who wants to get into talent and event management? What advice would you give to them? Parting words is be as as crazy as possible. You can be it, but don't act it. Because it is a very thankless task. Representing people, representing creatives especially, mm. is um, a job where your only reward will be in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you're yeah, nodding very... <laughs> I just had some flashbacks. But ultimately, it's a job that um, you can actually see, you know, the uh, almost on a daily basis, you can see the growth, you can see the change, you know, in a person and, you know, hopefully by extension, um, an industry, you know. And I I really have always tried to um, go for jobs that you can leave some kind of mark on Mm. something where you can... Say like you know you know what you know the changes that happened here, you know I played a part in that I was responsible for that you know and with talent management you can definitely do that you can be responsible for the growth of um, the next Whiskey you know the next Michael Jackson you know and that in itself it's its own reward mm-hmm. I think you know? yeah. so be crazy keep crazy to yourself you know but that's just kind of the only way to do the job. Yeah. Thank you for listening to today's episode. The podcast is produced by myself and Tomiwa Fawumi. To ensure that you do not miss subsequent episodes, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Mixcloud, 
or wherever you get your podcast. So that's T H E S N C P O D C A S T. We are also active on Twitter and Instagram at the same name. Alternatively, I am on Twitter at Shade Nonconform. Till next week, cheers. <laughs>